This week on Seattle Sucks, Carmen Best, her Twitter account. What does it all mean? What's going on in her head? An exclusive interview with the social media maven herself. Uh, what the fuck is she talking about? That's uh, this week on Seattle Sucks. Uh, very sad RIP. Also, friend of the show, Katie Herzog. Gets Who? A, <laughs> gets a letter published in Harper's Bazaar magazine. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, and more on this week's episode. Yes. Learn how uh, our friend Katie insinuated herself into an international cabal of turfs. <laughs> that uh, and more on this week's episode of Seattle Sucks. Back in the house, I have Greg with me. Uh, Colin is still on his vision quest. Uh, if anybody who's been out in the woods has seen him, uh, let us know. Let us know if he's okay. Uh, I hear they're gonna do an episode on him in Unsolved Mysteries season two. <laughs> um, oh yeah, there's a new Unsolved Mysteries. Colin, yeah. Colin, yeah. this could be you. Where did you go? Last he he was last seen walking atop the Pacific Ocean on his way to the east. Yeah, Colin, if you can hear us right now somehow, we miss you. We want you to come home. All right, Colin? If you think Colin listens to this fucking show, you're, you're fucking high. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, uh, a lot of exciting things happened in Seattle this week. Uh, you know, our, our police chief uh, reached out to a real one on Twitter. Uh, Katie Herzog somehow has gotten herself back on the goddamn show. Um and some other stuff, but I think we need to begin with uh, something that's actually, like, not particularly funny and is no. sort of off-brand for us and that it's actually, like, sincere, uh, which is on uh, Saturday night we learned of the uh, death of Summer Taylor, who was an activist who was hit by a motorist on I-5 on Friday night, late Friday night, um, in what appeared to be a sort of motivated vehicular a attack. A right, a murder, yeah. right? Um, also another, uh, pedestrian was hit as well named Diaz Love, who I, I guess has just woken up in the hospital is, is what you're telling me, Greg. Yeah. Diaz, they're awake, uh, alive. And so good health to them for sure. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's sort of a, a tragic continuation. Um, I think in the press, they've tried to play this up as a, tragic accident right um i will get into the police's sort of statements on that but we know that going back to the original black lives matter protests and the standing rock protests there has been a call amongst from law enforcement and from right-wing uh fucking psychopaths in this country to uh run over protesters and they've certainly glorified it and we know this is not the first time in seattle that uh, this has happened, right? This is the first time they've killed somebody, but they've tried it many times before. And in fact, a Seattle police officer ran their car into a group of protesters earlier that day. The same even. night, yeah. The same uh, night. You know, yeah. Dan Gregory merely, in, you know, almost lost his uh, life mere inches from a headshot. You know, mm -hmm. he took one on the shoulder from that, uh, that brother of a cop who uh, ran in uh, down uh, 11th. Uh, early on in the um, Capitol Hill protests, you know, this is something we, I sort of, we've tried to highlight from the beginning of this that there's going to be violent reprisals um, against these protests, and this is, you know, this is a particularly sickening example of that. A really um, sort of dark uh, thing to see, but you know, across the country, we've seen, we're seeing like literal lynchings and. I think the thing to understand is that if if this is happening now, while this is while what uh, how society is going to confront how we're going to confront uh, violence, police violence, death of people in the black community at the hands of police, um, and these protests, it, while this is an open question, if this is the level of violence, you know, then you can be assured that if power is not decisively stripped from police that the violence will only be that much greater 
the reprisals when this is when this if this movement dies down without taking significant power away from uh, police departments that the reprisals will be uh, just all that much worse. Yeah, and um, sort of indicative of this has been the police response, which is uh, you know that morning uh, you know the head of, or the Washington State Patrol captain Ron Meade, who was there on the scene. You know, his response to this, you know, as they told the press, blocking a freeway is a crime and no longer are we going to enable that criminal uh, conduct to continue. We are not going to be allowing protesters to access the freeway unimpeded and there are consequences for criminal conduct, essentially asserting that this person getting murdered by this other, you know, this driver, uh, that it was their fault, right? Yeah. They were, you know... uh, engaged in behavior that deserved to be deserved that they should be killed and for those that think that this is maybe taking his language out of context or something we had a sheriff's uh, office uh, deputy i believe uh, posting some interesting things on his facebook account yeah uh king county sheriff deputy mike brown posted a picture you know of a uh a car decal that says all lives splatter get your ass off the road uh with the you know uh p- pedestrians being hit by a like a lifted truck uh you know i mean uh, that's obviously despicable and not surprising like this is what we know cops think uh you know to go back though to the um the state patrol like that he's asserting there that like that uh, we're you know we're not going to allow uh, protesters to go on the freeway because it's illegal and we're you know to mm-hmm. protect them. It's obviously victim blaming. Go, walking on the freeway has always been illegal. Yeah, uh, the cops and the state patrol have always tried and usually succeeded to keep people from protesting on I five. Um, I don't think anyone had successfully shut I five down in a long time. I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't think they even did during the Iraq war protests in 2003. I think like 1968 is like the last time the I-5 was shut down. And uh, it was shut down a month ago um, for the first time uh, because there were enough people who just like walked right by the cops and the cops had to back the fuck up on that first Saturday. That when we were down uh, near Westlake and the cops started going apeshit... um, even though it was a very tame, not very radical uh, march and assembly going on, uh, there were people walking onto the freeway, and they couldn't stop them. So they were trying to stop them. This has always been something the cops... Mm-hmm. It's always been illegal. It's always been something the cops will st- stop you from doing. This, what The situation now, a month after that, is that um, because they'd been driven away, because the number of protesters had been enough to back the cop cops up they'd been they'd settled into a position of just closing down the on-ramps um and as the number of protesters on the freeway dwindled Mm -hmm. um so this is this is just a case of um the fervor and number of protesters on the freeway having dwindled and now the cops are allowed you know, they now have the power to reassert control of that space. So, uh, this isn't a choice, um, he's actually making is my point. Yeah. Yeah. This is, they, they did not have, it was not their choice to allow people on the freeway at all. This is just maybe this is sort of a, you know, I just don't want him to get away with like saying like, well, we've just been allowing in our magnanimousness, the, you know, the free speech of protesters to do whatever they want. No, they were forced to do that. They didn't want to do that. Yeah. Now there are fewer people. There were, there were not that many people out there that night. Uh, and so now they're able to reassert that control. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the police always will try and turn a tragedy to their own advantage. Right. And this is, you know, I think that comment and, uh, the mayor, I believe also signed on to that was basically, a reassertion that uh, it goes all the way back to their retaking the chop and stuff that they are going to reassert the Seattle PD, the Washington State Patrol, everything is going to reassert the authority of the police in the city, right? You know, contra the the protesters, and uh, it's I think all of it is a uh, sort of uh, stunning reminder of what's to come. You know, as you said, if the police aren't severely stripped of their power right yeah. seriously stripped of their power like if we don't win in this struggle expect a lot more of this yeah 
Um, yeah. And, you know, look no further than this Mike Brown, the sheriff's deputy um, who made, you know, this all live splatter post. Um, and, you know, turns out to be uh, Dow Constantine's driver and uh, Jay Inslee's cousin. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, what's oh. interesting about that is, like, um, so uh, this was... And it's also not a 20-year-old man or anything, right. too. This is an old-ass fucking man. Oh, yeah. You know, a fucking adult. Yeah. You know? Um, this is, like, a 50-year-old dude... Um, now, the King County Sheriff's Office, are like, oh, we're starting an investigation uh, with from our internal investigations unit, um, all of which should be disbanded. That should be mm-hmm. in the, like, list of things that go when you defund the police. Yeah. All internal investigations units should be completely liquidated and external investigative bodies built. Um, but that's a, an aside there. So this is stupid. He was placed on administrative leave, meaning, you know, paid vacation. Um and what's, you know, Dow Constantine then retweets that post talk from the King County Sheriff's Office um, talking about this shit. Keeping in mind that the current King County Sheriff is a guy who, like, since he got in, has been, like, rehiring people who've been mm-hmm. fired because of excessive use of force, yeah. etc. Well, much like the new head of Spog, the King County Sheriff you know, essentially has come in as a anti-reformer, right? Like yes. he's a, you know, I'm coming in because the cops need to kick ass again, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the retrenchment. And this is, this is Dow Constantine, King County executive who's, uh, who was driven around by this guy as mm-hmm. part of his executive protection unit. And he says, to provide more context to the sheriff's post, the King County Sheriff's Office hires, fires, schedules, and manages all members of the executive protection unit. The reporting and dissonant and blah, 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 entirely within the sheriff's office. His point being, uh, I, I am passing the buck here, and I am leaving yeah. it to our new, again, again, like, revanchist uh, sheriff and the internal investigations unit, and don't come looking to me for this yeah. shit. Now... Well, also know, avoiding the fact that the guy that the fact that this guy is Jansley's cousin is why he's driving Dow Constantine around. Right, right, right. As opposed to doing a real else. job, right? Yeah. Um, so... Because guess what? Uh, guess what? The protection unit does when Dow Constantine doesn't need to be driven around. It's just in his office. They just sit on their ass. Yeah, I mean, you can be guaranteed of that. So now, because he went on KOW and is like, he quotes himself a lot on Twitter here, saying like, "Oof, you know, importantly, this is not just about individual bad actors. It's about a system that leaves open every day, every encounter, the possibility that deep-seated biases are going to evidence themselves." Um, this is just like so. First, he passes the buck, and then he's like, "Yeah, gosh, it's a big problem. Bias. Uh, this is this. You know, that we're this is what we're going to be up against for the next years. Um, fighting for actual abolition is yeah. this. You know, absolutely worn out, fucking tired by decades. Thing bullshit about implicit bias. Like, oh, there's these. There's just some of these cops, man. They just don't realize how." how uh, subtly, implicitly racist they are, and not the reality. you unwilling to acknowledge both the reality that mm-hmm. these people, uh, it's not about implicit bias. They know what their job is. They've been trained and told by their society that it's to enforce class and race hierarchies, to punish poor, non-white people, to oppress like yeah. populations that our society wants oppressed. They know this. This is bullshit. But he's also passing the buck, right? Um... Well, first, let's talk about the fact, yeah, like, so, um, the, Jay Inslee, uh, I'm, says, I'm deeply disappointed and totally reject the language of my cousin, Mike Brown, who made inflammatory comments about recent protests. Inflammatory comments. The language is unacceptable and just flat wrong, particularly from a law enforcement officer. Blah, 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 as we try to heal the divisions in our community. Um... It, it's murderous is what it is. Mm-hmm. And if, if you were willing to, like, these is, this is who these people are willing to just completely blind yourself to the reality. This is the asshole who sent in when when the SPD went ape shit on peaceful protesters was like, oh, fuck, I need to back those guys up with the yeah. Washington National Guard. Yeah, basically it's like, oh, the problem with the SPD is they don't have enough soldiers at their disposal to, yeah. you know, under their command to do what they want. And you know? now, like, again, to just go like, oh, that was inflammatory. That's not the kind of thing we need to be saying when we're yeah. trying to heal. And it's like, yeah. I, these it, people this they're not they are not able they do not have even the beginnings of the imagination yeah. to rise to this moment they're yeah. these people are the enemy yeah and i mean 
it's not hard to understand that Mike Brown is not a unique individual in policing circles or right-wing circles. All you had to do was read the comments on his Facebook page, the comments on any of the articles that were written about this murder, anything like that. Just thousands of people cheering on the death of this woman or the death of this, of this person. And it is, you know, similar to the death of Heather Heyer, right? You know, yeah. in 2017. And uh, we'll post, I mean, there was, I had totally blanked on this, but there was this amazing article in The Intercept in 2017 that pointed out that not only are seven states proposing legislation to make it legal to run over protesters with your car, it is in 2017, but that all the legislation was backed by the local police unions. Yeah. So this is not the ravings of a lunatic in the sheriff's department. This is what the police believe at a deep, intrinsic level Absolutely. should be happening. And what will happen if they aren't, you know, if, if you don't take their guns away, if you don't take their vehicles away, if you don't take their fucking money away, if you don't take their fucking jobs away. And if you don't take their position in society away, yeah. if, if, if they come out, because that is another, like, even if those material, like, gains, like defunding SPD by 50%, that's, you know, if we don't take that away from them, that's 50% more money they have, sure. But beyond that, if they come out of this seeing, aha, these protests were ultimately impotent, Yep, and we are ultimately still, as we always were, uh, America's warrior monk class of infallible, uh, fucking like you mm-hmm. know, murderer saints. Yep. Uh, then that they're going to be emboldened, and they're going to take, uh, they're going to take out their rage on anyone they can find connected to the protests. Uh, you know, they'll do their best to find, you know, the most prominent but vulnerable people, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but who knows where they will lash out. And who knows, if if this goes badly enough, you may just find that uh, they go the collective punishment route and because they're already, again, built for terrorizing communities of color and yeah. the poorest communities of color. So it may just be that once the... Once the pressure is shown to be impotent, they may just ratchet that up just on a daily basis in addition to targeted murders. You know, I mean, this is the future we can look forward to um, if if the advantage is not pressed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The the last thing I want to say about this is like about uh, Dow Constantine passing the buck going like, look, you know, all the hiring firing is in uh, the purview of the county sheriff, you know? Um, Mm. First of all, like, what a what a loser, you know? Like, what is just a pathetic piece of shit? You don't you you don't need to say that. You could actually just come out and say, "Fuck this asshole." I hope yeah. he, uh, like, you know, I hope he dies yeah. in a ditch. Um, I never want to see him, his fucking face again. And if you don't fire him immediately, yeah, um, then you're then then the King County Executive and the Sheriff Department are gonna have a fucking problem. Okay, that's what he should have said, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, he's not wrong because what you have in sheriff's departments in America, you've written about this yeah. on Mechanical Freak. Brian, we should link to this, is um, these law enforcement fiefdoms that are given uh, the l- legitimate power of elected office. Um, this is a bad thing. It sucks ass. Um, it shouldn't exist. Um, and I just want to bring it up because... You know, it's definitely one thing that should be abolished, um, along with all law mm-hmm. enforcement. Like, well, a good step along the way. God knows how you would do this. And honestly, it's probably not a good thing to concentrate on because it would be so fucking hard. But um, getting rid of elected cops, okay? Yeah. Now, I bring this up because sometimes you see in this movement um, people calling for... Uh, and I don't, honestly, I don't even know who I've seen calling for it. I just know, I haven't seen a lot, but you do sometimes see people calling for an elected oversight board for S- SPD. Um, I think this is a bad, bad, bad idea. <laughs> I think it's very bad. I think it it sounds good, right? Because it's like, well, we need direct democratic control of the cops. Well, ultimately, actually, that that is a, um, that's a reformist reform. It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, That is not a reform toward abolition because when you – because the thing is the cops should have – right now you're right. There is no democratic control over the cops. Mm -hmm. So – but the way to address that is by reigning in their power some fucking way because actually there is supposed to be democratic control over the cops. Now we have an elected mayor and an elected city council. 
that the SPD, unlike in the county, see in the yeah. county, the county sheriff, you're fucked on that because they already have that, okay? <laughs> but see, that just gives, uh, that means there's a cop you elect to mm. be the elected cop who then has his own power, okay? Um, right now, if you want to rein in SPD, you need to rein them in such that they they actually follow a chain of command and the policies set down by the elected fucking leaders of the city, okay? That is how it should work legally, like, right now. Uh, it doesn't because they're an armed band of fucking psychos who are out for themselves. But, yeah. but if, if you, it doesn't work now, why would it work under another right. level of elected officials who, by the way, have less power than the ones currently unable to control them? Except potentially in some <laughs> other system, in some other political world 10 years from now where actually it becomes its own entrenched thing where it, mm -hmm. again it's all about power in the streets look either we will have the power the yeah. the power in the streets to rein in spd or we won't but having but we can we can put that pressure on the city um we don't need another uh insult if you have an elected body you have first of all you you now you've just insulated the rest of the city government from responsibility mm -hmm. for the cops just like dow constantine well, yeah. yeah, they're called the King County Sheriff, but they have fucking no, fuck all to do with the county government. Yeah. Um, now you have a city council and a mayor that can say, well, listen, you got to talk to those people. You've got, at best case, you've got more elections you've got to try and run in and control. Mm -hmm. um, more people Spread, to put pressure on. Spreading more of the left's very little money across yes. more elections. but. You know, Amazon's got lots of money. Yeah, you know, the exactly. wealthy have lots of money. You've also You're got compete a with them in potential position where it becomes a thing where you you're just electing cops to be the top cops, right? Yeah. Or cop friendly people or people who who's only who then see themselves as the top cops once yeah. they get in there. Again, it's all about power. If you have the power to constrain the cops because of organization in the streets, then you do. But to that point, you're not you're certainly not helping yourself by adding this layer. There's yeah. no benefit, and there's a lot of potential downsides to make organizing against police power worse in the future. Um, I, there's just no upside. We have an elected police accountability body. It's called the City Council and the Mayor. Yeah, and it, uh, it again fails to understand what's happening here, which is that this isn't police violence isn't an accident. It's not that the police don't get it or whatever. If you think the police don't get it, you don't get it. The thing is, is that the problem with police is policing itself, right? Yeah. And having another elected official isn't going to resolve that. The only thing that's going to resolve it could, is getting rid of the police likely themselves. likely make it worse. Yeah, it'd just no be another benefit, level of obfuscation. But potentially easily make the situation yeah. worse, more entrenched. Yeah. And so the thing is, if you believe the police are racist, if you believe the police are violent, all these things, which they definitely are, uh, you know... I think this is sort of a warning that if you're gonna take a shot at that institution, you can't miss, right? So, uh, you know, again, our hearts go out to the victims here, and uh, you know, uh, but the it's, it's, it's it's a yeah, and it's it, but it's a horrifying, uh, you know, it, it, it could be a horrifying vision of of the future here. So yeah, you know, stay in the streets, uh, keep the fight up. Uh, I promise, press we'll, the attack. Yeah, press attack, and I, I promise we'll transition to some lighter fare now of our usual uh, stupid shit. Yeah, well, you know, um, <laughs> uh, the world keeps turning even outside of these uh, the uprisings at, against police violence in this country. So there's other stuff going on. And, uh, yeah, one thing that's going on is the Seattle Times uh, editorial board. Um, they continue to publish my letters, and here's <laughs> one now. <laughs> Great. Um, so the Seattle Times editorial board had a, a letter published, uh, yesterday or, uh, had an editorial they published yesterday, uh, Shama Sawant, less rhetoric, more cooperation. Oh, are they talking about the Shama Sawant who, after a like three year battle, um, has finally managed to get, uh, a progressive tax passed in Seattle that will actually raise money from our biggest companies such as say Amazon. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Now, I will remind you, Greg, that we probably shouldn't count our uh, eggs or whatever on that one uh, since we got progressive legislation passed once before and then had it immediately repealed by a spineless city council. Yeah, I feel like but the we'll moment's a little different. You may notice there are people <laughs> in the streets. Yeah, I, I think this one has a much better chance of sticking, but, you know... Um, 
that rollover on the head tax, I also wouldn't have predicted in the time frame that it happened. But no one could have. That was early. Er, that was one of the earliest episodes of Seattle Sucks. Yeah, one of the things um, that helped uh, launch the show. Yeah, <laughs> just the absolute stupefaction, like no. of of like a city a city owning itself so fucking hard <laughs> yeah like it's never I, I mean who's ever owned themselves more well never before has a city said hey we just received a phone call from uh the world's richest man and we now are overturning our legislation <laughs> after hearing it fucking unbelievable but anyways amazing this is a complaint about a different thing though, oh Greg. okay i think you'll enjoy so uh i'm gonna read you some uh excerpts from it here we go. Seattle City Council member Shama Sawant's relentless attempts to paint Mayor Jenny Durkin as a two-dimensional corporate <laughs> shill are tiresome in the best of times. Oh, 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 oh. wait, wait. Times are serious right now. There's a lot of serious stuff going on, so you can't we, criticize shouldn't be, we shouldn't be getting divisive. And this is the last time we should be getting divisive. Mm. Am I am I getting warmer? Uh, we're yeah, Brian? we're in the ballpark. Oh my Christ in hell! But we're gonna take a little diversion here. Sawant's accusations ring false. Seattle has an accomplished, smart, and dedicated mayor who has supported police reform since her time as a U.S. attorney. Okay. The first three things they said there, no one has ever debated that she's an accomplished cop, yeah, a highly accomplished prosecutor who has, you know, prosecuted, um, like, put lots and lots of people in jail. No one doubted. uh, She put the last black person in jail for selling weed in the state of Washington. Yeah. Which is one of her many accomplishments. Yes. And you can uh, go to the Planet podcast to hear that story and interview with that gentleman. She's very accomplished (laughs) at expanding the prison population, putting black people in jail, etc., um she's no one doubts again in the same vein that she's smart she's uh she's clever you know in the way that like uh a dragon or like <laughs> um uh I mean, so, an, other some you know what's another mythical villain <laughs> like a crafty mythical villain well, she's clever like a, a bridge troll who's yes. going to trick you <laughs> yeah. into. but i mean honestly uh dedicated for all uh, dedicated yes a dogged yes yes I to imprisoning know. people yeah the, I as a she's, cop. Uh, clever i don't know has ever quite come across i mean she seems to be very mediocre but but well i mean no i mean in, ins- in her chosen profession yeah, as yeah. cop, she's yeah. been very intelligent. Yes, they've anticipated that you might be a bit skeptical. Okay, but but the fourth thing they said was committed to police reform. Am I wrong there? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's just not true. That, I mean, <laughs> that's not even true. In those that's like, like a, a, a. What are they going to cite? Technically, she was the U.S. attorney when the Obama administration started yeah. the consent decree process, and leave yeah. out the fact that she covered for the cops and fucking tried to hamstring the process the entire time she was the u.s attorney yeah i mean just pop over and uh, look up the harry bailey uh police chief fiasco and her role in that and that'll uh on mechanical freak at some point in the future we'll have a whole write-up on this but it is but yeah take it from us she has been a uh impediment to police reform in seattle in a major way it also like for example right now yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know how she's not defunding police? Yeah. And that she is the only politician that's actively standing with SPD. Well, look, I mean, in a way, they're right, you know, because I think this movement is really drawing a fucking line, right? It's drawing this line between abolition and reform. It's make this compromise toward re- abolition position of defunding SPD. But yeah, you know what? Yeah, she's a reformist in the kind of reform we know that, that doesn't work and ha- must be abandoned in that... Um, she wants to make little uh, like PR changes that don't do shit and uh, uh, ultimately cover for the cops and enhance the powers of the police state. Well, the times goes on. Agree or not with her every move in response to ma- the massive Black Lives Matter demonstrations. Oh, that's actually, the- I mean, for the times, that's, uh, that's <laughs> like pretty backhanded. The mayor is in a difficult position balancing an obligation to ensure public safety with honoring the rights of protesters who are understandably outraged and demanding change. Um, when have the protesters can... been, a again, an impediment to public safety by, what, mm-hmm. existing, marching, being in the street? 
Well, she honored those the rights those to two things by ordering chemical weapons attacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so not exactly. Uh, she, I mean, yeah, she may be in a difficult position. She's not walking any fine fucking lines. So Sawant absurdly called for Durkin's resignation or removal over crowd control tactics that were legal when police deployed them. So I love this argument. This is a real lawyerly argument, right? It actually, this argument mirrors exactly an argument in my favorite film, The Reader, which is a movie about a concentration camp guard that we learned to sympathize with because she couldn't have known that concentration camps were bad because she was illiterate and didn't know how to read. Uh, at one point during her trial in 1960s Germany, a group of law students debate whether or not she committed a crime to which the professor says, it can't be a crime because it wasn't illegal at the time <laughs> what she did. So therefore, it's not a crime. And well, this it's perfect is because a this is an amazing argument that I feel like uh, every uh, horrifying abuse of humanity has uh, been justified under this. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. I think you know if you just told Chama like T Chama that stuff was illegal, when then she uh, she would retract that immediately and go, yeah. oh oh fuck, oh, I didn't realize. I didn't also, know that like, uh, shooting uh, you know flashbangs at protesters' heads was legal at the if I'd known that, I would not have said anything bad about yeah, it. You know what? I would have cheered it on. First in the front of all, row. Um, chemical <laughs> weapons are banned under the Geneva Convention, but uh, we don't recognize international law in America, so that's a legal, well-established legal precedent. Um, but uh, like, you know, look, uh, the Nuremberg trials uh, put people to death for things that no one had even really offered as. It be ever being illegal before yeah. that moment uh they just they had to make up this uh they're like uh let's call it crimes against humanity that sounds bad enough that mm -hmm. it sounds like we can just pull it out of our ass right now so we can execute these yeah. people and that's good uh they didn't go far enough they should have killed a lot more of them yeah the worst uh, abuses of human rights over history have always been legal i mean that you yeah, know I mean, what are you talking that's about what i mean like that's but the dumbest fucking it's thing funny because you know, every uh, every paragraph in a Times editorial represents the dialectic, all right? <laughs> we, have, we have one side, then we have the other side, the yin and the yang, all right? So we have uh, Swant absurdly called for a resignation over crowd control tactics that are legal. Marching with supporters to the mayor's home, however, an address legally protected because of her law enforcement background was a reckless breach of confidentiality that exposed the mayor and her family to potential harm. So, chemical so we, attacks on protesters are good because they're legal. Marching to the mayor's house, I'm going to go and point out also legal, is bad because of, uh, who knows? Because <laughs> uh, the mayor could have gotten hurt, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, again, they're doing what Jenny did in her letter, which we read last week on the Patreon, in which you can see video of her uh, reading if you go to our YouTube page. Um, uh, it like you know tried to pin this on shama like as if shama somehow got jenny's address yeah by hacking the city's computers get I, I guarantee you shama had no fucking idea what uh jenny durkin's yeah. address was it's not like she'd ever been invited over to a cocktail party okay <laughs> uh in fact i bet none of none no. no one on the city council has i bet yeah. literally no i bet none of her staff have ever been there mm -hmm. um but like, like so they're trying to pin her pin this shit on her that she had nothing to do with she just spoke at a fucking mm -hmm. rally so like we can just leave it at that we already talked about this shit yeah but yeah protesting a uh, public official protesting a public official at their house in a wealthy neighborhood bad firing gas grenades at people's heads good, good. very is, good yes this is the uh, because the law because it was the okay law, at the, time. the law <laughs> and as we know no one has any problem with what the yeah. law is in this yeah. city or this country everyone's all on the same page the laws are good well and morality should always be judged by uh whether the act was legal at the time and or not. elected officials can really only be held to that standard like yeah. were they following the law <laughs> yeah well i mean sure all right so here they're going to give a, a little bit of argument here and i think that you should hear this out greg so Durkin took the bait, requesting that the city council investigate whether several of the council members' recent political activities warrant punishment or expulsion. It was a reasonable move in theory, but given the city's political climate, it was doomed to fail. Sawant's response was predictable bombast. In a written statement, she called Durkin a, quote, 
corporate politician desperately looking to distract from her failures of leadership and politically bankrupt administration. She blame- like, Who reading this isn't like, oh, that sounds more reasonable than what you're saying. Yeah. Like- <laughs> she blamed the mayor for a torrent of violence by Seattle police. Small wonder that city council president Lorena Gonzalez declined to pick up the issue as the mayor requested, instead urging the parties to set aside, quote, personal and political grievances and work together. First off, Gonzalez said that to the mayor, not to the mayor and Sawant. Yeah. And two, I love this idea that what they've said we here predicted. is Sawant bullied Gonzalez right. into this That's so fucking funny. Fucking Which, they, again, they are just make, just like Jenny did in that letter, they're just making Shama sound fucking cool as shit and mm-hmm. like more, even more politically powerful than she is. But hilariously, like the council, uh, Gonzalez did exactly what we said mm-hmm. last week she would do, which is just ignore this like it, like a fart someone an old person made. Yeah. Uh, um and but like literally like the tersest like three-line statement like what? It, it, her response was basically what? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that exactly. was like uh just shut up, go away. <laughs> like, it's like, we're just going to pass legislation without you with veto proof majorities from now on. So, uh, you've just, this is the nail. This is the end for you. Basically, like it, obviously it was never going to go anywhere. Like it was insane. As we said last week, like for her to do this is like, mm. like it, 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 there was no possibility asking, going to a, le- first of all, going to a legislative body, and ask at any legislative body on any issue and asking for one of its members to be expelled because you, the executive, disagree with them. This has probably never worked in the history of parliaments <laughs> in the world, okay? Like, if the council members have a problem, they will maybe deal with it, but they probably won't even then because you're yeah. asking someone you're asking someone to set a precedent for yeah. booting elected legislators out of office. It's like it's yeah. never... It uh, almost never happens. As dumb as many of our council members are, I think they can put it together. That's not in their best interest. Also, this shit, also, as we <laughs> detailed in the Patreon last week with Munya, every bullet point on that list was completely fabricated nonsense. Yeah. So it's like, they're not going to do it. What it does, ultimately then, is just, just signal to the council, making Gonzalez say, uh, what? This no go away is just that's it that's the line like they're like great we just don't we don't have a mayor now yeah yeah. we just pass uh we just pass veto-proof legislation or none at all and that's what we do now and fuck you you have no power you have nothing yeah no you are completely utterly impotent it would be better for the city if you just resigned yeah yeah exactly uh so in conclusion the times lets us know that vigorous debate is healthy for democracy and should be expected between two elected leaders with such different perspectives. But it is difficult to weigh the seriousness of Councilmember Sawant's concerns when she peddles such embroidered accusations. (laughs) Embroidered (laughs) accusations? Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, so, write this. Write, uh, write the Seattle Times on a doily. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know that they got like they got a little hard writing that in there like that they high-fived each other yeah like the blevin creeps were just like yes yes oh god <laughs> um you know they they finished swan should find ways to be constructive during these difficult times i gotta say uh she's got her tax pass pretty fucking pretty constructive. constructive so uh you know she adopted the position of, you know, people in the streets of a 50% reduction of the Seattle PD's budget. And now that's becoming a thing that people have to talk about. That's pretty yeah. destructive. Yeah. The head tax, which uh, <laughs> she led a movement to pass, you know, two plus years ago. It was then repealed. has been in a war to get something like this passed forever. Her and socialist alternative and the tax amazon group have been collecting signatures for a ballot initiative to you know which has always been a tactic to pressure the council mm-hmm. into passing something the fact that it wasn't um sawant and mosqueda right that's right it was yeah yeah sawant and mosqueda's bill um and you know it's a little different and in the end got some weird ass carve outs um and a bizarre um <laughs> 20 year a 20 uh, sunset year clause. sunset clause that, that is not the best Alex that's Peterson not a thing get for Windermere. 
That's not a thing. Yeah. Like a 20 year sunset clause, like a five year sunset clause, yeah. a hundred well, year sunset clause on like a treaty or yeah. something. Reportedly, a 20 year sunset clause? He reportedly tried for five, everybody told oh. him to fuck off. Then he went for 10, everybody told him to fuck off again. And I guess 20 was so absurd, there was like, so, whatever. Dude. Fine, <laughs> whatever. fine, sure, dude. <laughs> whatever. He then voted against it, which shows that you should never negotiate with Yeah, terrorists. why, why nego- <laughs> Why even bother? But I mean, the, the purpose of that is for, yeah, for Peterson to be able to go to his his real estate masters mm-hmm. and go look i did something yeah <laughs> this is the best i could do nobody can say that i didn't do something um which i mean yeah way too much uh consolation for alex peterson who should have walked away with absolutely nothing it's embarrassing I, it's another like cell phone passing a tw- i mean passing a 20 year sunset clause is a cell phone because like it was five that would just mean like well they had the power to do that to constrain it like that 20 year a 20 year sunset clause is like a is a legislative nothing it's like that doesn't it's insane uh so that's just a cell phone they should be embarrassed uh, andrew lewis should be eternally embarrassed for being associated again whatever the con context whatever legislation mm-hmm. a 20 year sunset clause should be an embarrassment to any legislator um, whether you're for or against it. Okay, that's yeah. how like yeah, yeah. fucking waste of time it is. But um look, they passed a progressive tax. This is what Shama's been fighting for for these fucking long ass years. Uh elected three fucking times. Like, yeah, someone should tell the city someone should tell the Seattle Times, like, remind them that she was elected citywide once and uh twice again in district three despite this same article being published about 800 fucking times like yeah. look they got it passed it's largely look it's not a large amount of money yeah uh it's like a few seen, hundred million yeah, um, i've seen differing estimates of 200 to 500 million yeah and it's like hard to say it's you know it's based on payrolls over like a large amount of money so biggest so it's it's progressive in that way um it's good though it's it's it, it's it, that money will hopefully go to good use, fucking like housing people and providing other whatever, you know, ga- filling whatever gaps are created by this hellish crisis we're in. Um, but it's ultimately it's largely symbolic, you know. Yeah. It's like, look, we can do this. Uh, yeah, and it establishes that these people can be taxed. And the thing is, you know, for all the work that's gone in for you know this long fight. The last election, this was a big, this was a huge issue in the last election in November. They're, they were gathering the signatures to force their hand. It, the fact that people are in the streets now, even though that fight is largely about police violence um, and the demands are about defunding SPD and uh, spending that money on community, you know, the city council yeah. was looking for things good things to give to the people that were actually good, okay? Yeah. Uh, that has an effect. The fact that people are in the streets... Now, in, in some of their more cynical minds, or instinctively, they may be thinking, maybe, hopefully, this will be a sop, you know? Hopefully, maybe this is... Uh, because we got this passed, maybe this can dissipate, you know? And I hope it does not end up that way. I hope it does not end up being um, a distraction or, or mm-hmm. dissipating... Um, I don't think it will because again, because it's off topic. Yeah, ultimately, yeah. it's not really relevant, and it's largely symbolic because um, of how small a fucking amount of money it is. But um, but that doesn't mean that the fact that people are in the streets. There's a massive fucking national uprising, including in this town, um, and recurring violence by police and right wing nuts. Um, you know that that has an effect that. Yeah, the city council knows people are watching them, and they need to do something like a job. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, if there aren't people in the streets, this doesn't happen. Just yeah, plain and simple. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, this this money, however meager it might be, it turns out we're actually going to uh, need uh, because we're heading towards uh, an eviction apocalypse, Greg. And I just like to read. Uh, we'll put a link to it in the. Uh, in the in the notes here, but there's a, a good article in the Washington Post about the reopening of eviction courts. You know, most states have had an eviction moratorium. And I'd just like to read you this this little bit from the article here, Greg. This you went viral with this uh, the other day, Brian, well, on the Twitter. Uh, Greg, every day people wake up, me included, and say, "Should I post a good tweet today?" And most days we say no, but one day 
I said yes. <laughs> All right. So Judge Yvonne Williams, glasses snuggled tight to the blue mask covering most of her face, peered into the camera in her Texas courtroom recently to press a renter about the more than $4,000 she owed her landlord. What do you have toward the rent, Williams asked. The renter appeared on another shaky screen from a dark room and explained that she had been furloughed as the spread of novel coronavirus shut down much of the U.S. economy, but she had three kids and nowhere to go and was working to raise the money, which included more than $1,000 in late fees. I have heard almost 60 cases so far, and this is everybody's problem, Williams responded before approving the eviction. Oh, well, I mean, listen, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've heard this one before. Get the fuck out of my face and your home. Yeah, and the article goes on to point out that basically uh, we are staring down the barrel of the largest increase in homelessness that the United States has probably ever seen. Um, and just because... Like a really rapid fire thing. Yeah, that's going to happen in the space of months as opposed to, say, like years like it took in the Great Depression. Um, so Rich Smith friend of the show, uh, who, uh, he had an article in the slog actually talking about this as it affects Washington State. And uh, let me just read this little bit that he has right here to give you some idea of the scale just for this area. Uh, Tenant advocates estimate that 50,000 Washington renters may face eviction once the statewide moratorium lifts. Uh, ours lifts in August, by the way. Aaron Finner, who runs communications at Washington Community Action Network, admits the math is squishy but calls the number conservative. 50,000 doesn't sound too far off. According to a Seattle Times review of the Household Pulse survey, 208,000 renters in the Seattle metro area alone, which includes King, Pierce, and Snohomish counties, say they cannot make July's rent. So, 50,000 statewide, we have 200,000 just in this area who say they aren't going to be able to make rent on August 1st. Um, this is going to be... in. To be clear, nobody's doing anything about this. No. There's no. not even an inkling of anything happening. Look, some of some to, states to their eviction moratoriums are go are lifting and the mm -hmm. courts are opening up. I mean, what was it in Ohio in they like had to like open up uh, their convention center to accommodate like the regional like uh eviction court basically because they just need an auditorium to do yeah. it to just like this, it, this is the terror for yeah. evictions. This is like they're having to develop new forms of eviction court like the guillotine was yeah. developed to quickly and efficiently execute yeah, people. Yeah, except okay? unlike the guillotine, this shit isn't cool. This is the uh, gas chamber, <laughs> yeah. okay, of evictions. This yeah. Is like, this is... Uh, industrialized scale eviction is yeah. what is about to be happening. Yeah, and they noticed that, uh, or they know in Rich Smith's article that there was, in King County, there was a $5 million expansion of United Way's home base program, uh, which they say helped 2,000 households keep a roof over their head for a couple of months, which is rent assistance, essentially. Around 7,000 people applied for the program within 48 hours after it launched, and applications have been paused because of the volume. So... Even that, which sounds like, ooh, $5 million in rent assistance to help 2,000, you know, people, uh, that's not even close to what's required. Like, they, they can't even accept the applications. There's so fucking many. And We're not even in the ballpark. And these, these structures exist. They're having to be expanded right now. But, like, everything in our society already exists. This isn't, like, a weird thing mm. our society our systems our governments will have to come up with like gosh evicting large amounts of people all they have to do is expand the systems they already have so in that washington post article that judge is you know one of the mm -hmm. screenshots he posted is like someone saying well like under the cares act uh mm -hmm. we've heard that maybe uh there might be an eviction moratorium on properties that have loans with fannie mae or freddie mac and the judge is like, never heard of it. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. The judge and, literally evicts somebody who's supposed to be under moratorium. And what the judge is basically saying is, cool, you should have shown up with a lawyer who yeah. could actually argue that. But because I'm uh, wink, wink, just impartial here and I'm not doing your research for you, I don't know shit about shit and fuck you. Yeah. So we have these systems already. We have sheriff's departments and courts that are just prime they know how to do this this is already their job all they have to do is expand the volume but they're they're ready and willing to do that okay mm -hmm. this piece of shit judge 
uh, literally could have granted a stay of that, right, mm-hmm. based on this, but because... Held th- proceedings, th- at least until they figured it out. Yep, could have <laughs> done know? anything, could have, yeah. whatever, no interest, even though, yeah. of course they knew, but they, you know, yeah. she was just denying it, saying, well, you should have brought a lawyer again, which no one can fucking afford, obviously. Well, again, the the bringing a lawyer, knowing the law, in and out, all that kind of stuff... That, for some reason, the burden of it is entirely on the renter, who is, by the way, the only person with the job in this scenario between the yeah. landlord and the judge. Yeah. The only person actually has to, like, do stuff in their fucking life. And the only person who's ju- who, like, isn't attached to the law in some way, right? You yeah. know, like, isn't a fucking judge who's supposed to know this shit and isn't a fucking landlord who's supposed to know the laws. Just the think fact about that. that. Just think the about the judge. The renter is the one who's, it's entirely on the renter. And, and <laughs> it's not just that. Just think about the judge who's, like, yeah, I know all about this shit because it's literally what I do all day. But mm. I'm going to sit here and I think of it as my job to fuck you. Yeah. Which means I'm going to use anything I can to fuck you. Even though the Congress literally passed a law. This is the impotence of the CARE Act, right? Yeah. Is like there's nothing to it because this judge is able to sit there and go, I never heard of it. Fuck you. Because well, Washi- that's what they think of as their job. Yeah. Okay, this is, this is why... Like, it's just like the cops. Like, yeah. everything about our society, everything about our so-called government is designed, everyone knows their job is to fuck you. Yeah. As the judge says in that article, their job is to enforce contracts and leases are contracts. Now, the judge, you know, as that article points out, too, uh, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac did create a website where you can name search, you know, a property to see if it's covered, you know, under this moratorium, which means the judge literally could have just turned in their chair and essentially Google searched. Well, that would be the if name. their job was to either enforce the yep. law equally, or what like their job equality is, right? under the yep. law, or even in a oh gosh, imagine this to help people who need of help, yep. like who are coming before them for that reason. Yeah. Well, and the big thing too is no, because yeah, that's what yeah. you think. If you're even showing up to a mm-hmm. court rather than just leaving, it's because you think I'm going to go to court because the court is the ar- this is an arbiter. Of yeah. justice, who I can go before and plead before the court my just case and get it, because that that person who was told to fuck off by the judge could have yeah. just left their house and gone and lived in a ditch. No, they're yeah. like, no, I'm going to go to the court. Yeah, but this is what that person they didn't realize uh, is that they themselves up in the house and told the landlord to fuck they off. Right? They could have murdered of their landlord. I'm going to put hint, an echo hint. on that in the, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and. Uh, you know, no, they went before a judge, and the judge is like, no, you don't get it. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. You came here thinking I was, oh. like, some kind of arbiter of neutral justice. No, yeah. my job is to kill you. You thought if you played the game, you would somehow come out on top, not understand. You clearly don't understand what the game is. And, you know, in Seattle, where there is, uh, extended protections for renters that don't exist in, say, Austin, Texas, where that judge was, um, you know, in Richard Smith's article, he points out that there's still a million loopholes that all the landlords are currently taking advantage of. He quotes uh, one person who is in the process of being evicted, uh, who says, quote, my landlord told me that they will not let me renew my lease unless I pay everything that I owe, including all of the late fees, even though the state moratorium uh, banned landlords from collecting late fees during this time. So this person's lease is up in August because everybody's lease is up some point in the year. And the landlords are essentially just holding all the late fees and the, and the accrued rent as a hostage, right? And of course, he's not going to be able to pay it. You know, if you couldn't pay it that month, you don't have four months of rent on you. Yeah, fuck, man. And by the way, these late fees amount to the thousands of dollars oh, yeah, for most people. Absurd. They're absurd. The late fees are like are well, look, are higher than a loan shark's late. The fees, landlords, there's you know? lots of loopholes, but there's also lots of tricks. You know, I yeah. mean, like this is like the same stuff they're always boarding using. up your house and refusing to. Oh, leave. but I mean, the, the, on the landlord's <laughs> part, like the the lease thing, this is yeah. what gets a lot of people. But yeah. the thing is, like, they're usually your landlord is almost always lying to you they'll always come to you with a from a position of like legal authority like look this is what this paper i have this authority this is my place they're almost 100 percent of the time lying to you um you for example your lease being up doesn't mean shit except that they can raise your rent that's Mm -hmm. all it means and that even is constrained somewhat in the law um you don't actually have the term on your lease doesn't mean anything except that that's how your rent is Mm-hmm. The same. That's literally the only thing a term on a lease means. Uh, when when the term on your lease is up, you still have a lease. It's the same as it was 
when you signed it. It goes forever as long as you keep paying. Now, they could raise your rent. That's the thing they can do. Yeah. But they'll always come to you and lie about every fucking detail. Uh, fuck, man. I, I, you know. Yeah, well, and the thing is, the reason why they can lie to you is because there's an inherent power imbalance between you, right? You yeah. as the renter have nothing but your, I guess, wits and guile to protect you, whereas the landlord has the entire armed apparatus of the state on their side. Yeah. And, you know, that's an inherently unequal situation. Now, that being said, uh, if your landlord tries to evict you, if you're one of these people who's about to get evicted because you can't pay rent, do not leave your fucking house, all right? Do not leave your fucking apartment. Do not fucking leave, all right? Fuck them. All right, that's the actual answer to this. Yeah. fuck them. The reason why we didn't have a greater homeless crisis during the Depression was that literally, particularly in cities, including the city of Seattle, there were tenants committees that just said, no, we're not doing evictions anymore. That's done. Yeah. Like, well, sorry. that is the Better hope. luck next decade. That's the hope. You know? You get a eviction notice on your door, uh, you either just, like, throw it in the trash, or you take it and you organize, and you get yeah. people to help you and tell your landlord to fuck off. I mean, that's... Look... That sounds really hard right now, but I mean, if when, this starts when, coming down... When you're down, one of 20 people, 30 people, 40 people in your building that are being evicted, go find all those people. Don't yes. don't hide like it's shameful. Go find those people, get together, and say, fuck you to your landlord that yeah. you're not moving. Yeah. You know? And, you know, you may have to organize... Uh, a, you know, someone may have to be at the front door at all times, uh, keeping away the locksmiths and the whoever else, you know, but like... That's what it's going to come to. That's what it's going to come to all across America is mm -hmm. people are going to have to band together and just throw things at their landlords if they try to come yeah. by and fuck with them. Well, once again, the courts are not going to fucking help you. Not the courts aren't going to help you. The police are going to come in to bash your fucking heads in. All that shit's going to happen. Your only power is in the streets. So fuck them. Tell them to go fuck themselves. Get in the streets. Talk to the people in your building. Talk to the people on your street. Tell them to go fuck themselves. All right? Uh, so... You know, uh, Arab Venner from the Washington Community Action Network, they have this great quote in here, sort of closing out of Rich Smith's article, uh, talking about the various uh, bullshit solutions that uh, have been suggested in King County exclusively. Uh, nobody else is offering anything, even. Uh, this is how uh, it always goes. The burden is always on the renters. They have to find the rental assistance, and they have to get it in time to not get evicted. It, I'd be very excited about rental assistance if we also made sure that tenants could stay in their homes. Now, what they're getting at is this sort of problem in the legal proceedings, which comes with renting, which is any legislator that is, you know, making, you know, passing legislation on rental, you know, renters' rights and things like that isn't a fucking renter, right? Yeah. They're much more likely to be a landlord than a fucking renter. Any judge that's going to be adjudicating these cases is definitely not a fucking renter and is much more likely to be a landlord. And they all are and, landlords, too. Yeah. It, you know, this wasn't always the case. You know, if you go back to again, the Great Depression, not every rich person was a fucking landlord. Yeah. Now, they all are. Every rich person is a landlord because that's what we've done to, like, real estate speculation um, and investment has been, the, like, the vehicle of, like, bourgeois wealth growth. Like, mm -hmm. they all have at least, a, a, any comfortable rich person has at least one rental property and probably more. Yeah, so don't expect any help My from the My last landlord was a cop. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. My go. landlord, before I lived on the sea, my landlord was a cop. <laughs> Greg's current landlord is Poseidon. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, the thing is, these are linked things. The you know movement against police violence and against policing generally, we keep telling you it's only going to be one in the streets. The same thing with this current eviction crisis that's about to hit us like a ton of fucking bricks. And honestly... We should all be in the streets together because there's a lot of overlap between people who are getting fucked over by the cops and people who are being fucked over by their landlords in the streets together, guys. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, I think. Boy, gosh, it's getting late. <laughs> Greg's taking his uh, pills, his zinc or whatever the <laughs> fuck he keeps taking. Um, gosh, you know, getting too late to talk about. Yeah. We, Carmen Best and Katie Herzog. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that we're going to have time to talk about uh, Carbon Best and her Katie, uh, Mary Kay, sorry, Katie, her Mary Kay Letourneau fiasco or uh, Katie Herzog's letter to Harper's Bazaar magazine. <laughs> it's not Harper's Bazaar. I'm going to keep saying it because it's fun to say. Um, but yeah, uh, 
I guess we're just going to have to cover it in the Patreon episode. And by the way, we have a couple of new Patreons, or patrons. Yes. Uh, Carolyn and Allie will get to hear us talk about those things. I bet they're very excited about that. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the fold, new uh, suckers. Yeah. So uh, if you want to hear about all that stuff, uh, become a patron. It's uh, for the price of, I don't know, a latte or what were we supposed to say? It's the market price of a Starbucks latte. Your Look, na- neighborhood Starbucks. It's, so. it's it's $5 and it keeps Greg loaded on zinc. And, uh, you know. I also take uh, melatonin to sleep. I take magnesium as magnesium citrate, not the more common magnesium oxide. Mm-hmm. I take a multivitamin. Um, what else? Gosh, this is this isn't as exciting as well, it Greg, would be. Well, Greg, like a normal person, I just watch two hours of ASMR videos and then I close my little eyelids and go to sleep. Cool. All um, right. So, anyways, become a Patreon. Uh, Patreon. Become a patron. I don't know why I always say Patreon. Go to Patreon. Become a, a patron. It's a made up word. They made up. I know. I fucking hate it. Uh, whatever. Anyways, we will be talking. I promise. We actually will talk about the Mary Kay Letardo thing. It is funny, and we will talk about Katie. Her death. Uh. I honestly, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, why does uh, why were all the teachers molesting children in Washington State in the '90s? That's a real good question. We need to get to at some point. Um, but yeah, we'll get to all that in the Patreon. So uh, join us, and for all the rest of you fucking freeloaders out there, uh, we'll see you next week. So, uh, bye.